Revenge, redemption, whatever you want to call it, Alabama finally gets the monkey of Ole Miss off their back, winning 48-43 in Oxford. Patrick was there on the sidelines with the camera, so he's got some notes from Oxford. I've got my own notes, too, from the comfort of my own couch. This is year two, episode nine, Pat's Interference. Well, hey there, everybody. You're listening to Pat's Interference, and we've got a great episode because we're in great spirits after Alabama's win over Ole Miss. It was a lot of fun. I was there at Vought Hummingway Stadium. I'm Patrick Brickman. He's Patrick Norwood. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm a lot better now. I'm a lot better now. That was that was a heck of a game. That was a weird game. Is your blood pressure back down? Because mine was sky I, yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny, though, is I got a nosebleed. Like, I got so stressed out that my nose just started running like a... Like, that's never happened. Like, I never get nose... Well, unless that's I get hit good. nose. Yeah. I was, but I was that stressed out. That's not I, good. I mean, not even the not even the coaching staff experiences things like that. You need to right? get that checked out, bud. Well, they're not podcasters, man. Oh, uh, yeah, us podcasters we've, have a we've lot. Got, we've got a lot sure. riding on this. Well, you know, we can't... We're, we're one for one on seasons that end in national championships. So every game is very important. Uh, but right. no, but for real... Um, uh, you watched the game this weekend, and I watched. Well, I watched it, but I was there. I was taking shots at the game. Um, so we both had two different like views of the game. Right. Um, I think. I think, despite that, though, from our conversations, we were we were pretty much on the same page with everything. Yeah, our texts you know, were I very don't... similar. We were feeling the same ways. Yeah. About things. Um, uh, Run the ball. I'll start off. Uh, Oxford never had been there before. Not a terrible place. I didn't get to dabble around the Grove very much because. Uh, you know, it just took such a long time to get in. Um, I left at 5 a.m. that morning, and by the time I actually got to my parking spot, I think kickoff was 2.30. I probably got there at 1.40. Um, so, I, you know, I, I could have walked to the Grove, but I wanted to make sure I got all my gear inside. So I, sure. I, I didn't see much of the tailgate scene. Because like you're wanted, good at your job. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it is what it is. I just... Uh, but no, the the fans the fans that I experienced, you know, after the game, after all the emotions are down, they were great. Um, a cool stadium, you know. I you know I'm biased toward Bryant Denny, but but out of the stadiums I've been to, it was a nice stadium. It was a nice atmosphere. Um, a little gets, a little on the smaller side, isn't it? Sixty six thousand was there. They, they had sixty six something thousand. That was their all time record. It actually sounded louder than that, though. I will say, like they don't the numbers aren't there, but. They they the sixty six thousand ye- voices yelling were all very uh were all very loud. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, quick quick thing: the shots that I took from this game. Um, you know how we've on our website we've had the Dalvin Cook touchdown on a loop because that's yes. what I'd shot in the past. Well, now I've got three new Alabama plays. So they look great too. The website looks great for anyone who wants to go. It's patsinterference.com. Patsinterference.com as always, and you know the email is patsinterference at gmail.com if you want to give me a little uh. Shout out to how it looks or how it doesn't look. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I guess it's the, the it's Jermaine. We should just jump into the, the game right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Alabama wins forty eight forty three. Jalen Hurts nineteen and thirty one for one hundred and fifty eight yards. Uh, Eighteen carries for one hundred and forty six yards. What, which of those two numbers is more impressive to you? Well, I had no idea at the end of the game that he was uh, he had 146 yards rushing, which, by the way, is exactly the amount that Lamar Jackson had against FSU. One extra carry, but the same number of yards. They were both very similar days on the ground, and not a lot of people have noticed that except for the voters at the SEC. Um, 
I'm more impressed with his running. He was very effective. I agree. I agree. I think I think the running plays that Kevin was calling uh, were effective when he decided to call them. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, speaking of which, Damian Harris, 16 carries for 144 yards and a touch. He's, got, um, he's averaging nine yards a carry this year. He's, uh, yeah, which is surprising because you really, when we think back, we don't think of the great, you know, rushing games that we've had. But he's just made the most of it when it counted, you know, when it needed to count. Um, and I think that's the mark runs. of a he's, good he's our best runner for sure. I, I think that's a mark of a good Alabama running back too. Okay, I may not get the ball every single time, but you know, at least now, um, you know, when I do get it, I'm going to make the most of it. And I, I think that's something that's very important. The other running back we saw a lot of the day was, uh, or the second running back we saw in this game was Joshua Jacobs, three for 33, and he was out of nowhere passing downs too. Out of nowhere. We all thought it'd be Emmons, but we didn't see Emmons. We saw Jacobs, you know, because Emmons played a lot against West yeah. Kentucky, and then uh, sure. Jacobs was the second running back we saw. So they're really right. rotating. They're still feeling out who they like to play. Ridley, mm-hmm. 8 for 81 yards. He had the rushing touchdown there in that uh, in that third quarter. and then, He had uh, a couple of really clutch catches, too. Yeah, he did. One where he was falling down. He kind of didn't bail out Jalen Hurts, but his longest one of the day. He slowed down a little bit, turned around, made a great it wasn't a bad throw, but he just made it. Uh, I don't adjustment. know. It wasn't a great throw. It was one on one. Hertz just kind of went up. It's not like he had a step on him. Hertz just threw it up. And, yeah. Uh, and Ridley kind of came down with it. You know, that's. I, I just don't like so like far. if you're going to throw that pass, just throw it over the correct shoulder. You know. You're also supposed to overthrow it instead of underthrow it. Um, and then Chad Kelly, where he's the only one from Ole Miss we're going to mention, but he had a monster game. Twenty six of forty one, four dollars and twenty one cents through the air, three touchdowns, one interception. Interception was, uh, yeah. I would call it a fumble. I, would, I mean, I know. It was I'd more like, of a fumble. They could, the ball went right. for interception. Actually, that was one of the things where, where I, from my vantage point, which is the end zone where Jonathan Allen ran into, I thought it was a strip fumble that he caught in the midair. I had no when, idea the ball went that far forward because I was, you know, right. 75 yards, 85 yards farther down the field on ground level than they were. But, hey, great game. Um, so if we're going to kind of do a recap and then get into some of our um, opinions. I guess we're going to cut this. It, the game was a tale of two halves, so we're going to kind of do it that way, which uh, is, I guess, what you yeah. can expect when you're talking about Ole Miss so far this year. But a game of two halves. And I want to start with – I rewatched it. There's always a YouTube page. Uh, I wish I could give them props right now. But they, they go through and they cut the every Alabama game down without commercials and the downtime between plays, just play, play, mm-hmm. play, play. You can usually get it in about 30, 40 minutes. So I went back and watched that today, and I took some notes as to the play calling. So I'll start with the first half. I split it between, and we, you know, we were very mad at the play calling. Uh, very mixed bag uh, and very ineffective in that first half. So I split it between screen plays or jet sweeps and then runs up the, you know, running designed runs with either, and I, I counted either with a running back or a designed run with, um, with Jalen Hurts. Sure. Because he's, he's essentially one of our running right. backs. Right, right, right. So, yeah. um, first half, 13 designed runs, 12 jet sweeps or screens. That number is way too close. Yes. Way too I agree. close. And, and don't get me wrong, and I'll say this. I think there is a place in our offense for screen, bubble screens, jet sweeps. I think there's a place, a time and a place, but not 12 times and a half. Well, and not back-to-back-to-back screen passes like we did with five minutes left in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, what, what happened? It was, uh, was, was, was um, 
who somebody had a good run. It was either Jacobs or or Henry Harris. Sorry. No, Henry it was it was that's the part that pissed me off the most, Brick. I texted you when it happened. We run out of the I form, get eight yards, don't see it again the rest of the game. What have I been saying all season? Yeah, we get a first down. Next play is a screen pass to Ridley. The next play is a uh, they tried to run it with Ridley. They both went backwards, and on third down we had to chunk it. Or I think I mean it was just it was just. But the thing is, we like (laughs) I've been saying it all year. Put an up back in. Take one of those tight one of the nineteen tight ends we've got on this team. Throw them in in an up back position, and let's run the ball out of the eye. And we finally do it. Get get hold on. We get eight yards. And then punt two plays later. I will say this. It would not have looked as bad. Most of these drives actually weren't stalled by the play calling. And I was surprised when I went back and looked. Because I, I don't remember realizing this on the field. Because I was so mad at the play calling. But when I went back, most of these drives were stalled. Because of either a false start. There were four of them in the first half. Or a holding penalty. Yes. Yeah. And I put, it, I put it on here on the docket. It's something that you learn in hockey. You can't score if you're in the penalty box. It's the same thing in football. It's hard to score if you're constantly messing up. It's it's like in baseball. Walks will kill you. Third and eight Golf. is a lot tougher than third and three. Golf. Don't hit it in the freaking trees. I mean, it, like, every sport has a very simplistic breaking down. Football is don't, don't, no false starts, no holding calls, no blocks in the back. And it was just, it was constantly something. You know, and it got to the point where every time we, every time Alabama had a big play, I was looking for the flag. And a lot of them were called back too. Well, I, and I get a, I get a holding call here and there. You know, you're trying to make a play. These guys are fast and strong. False starts. There's no room for that. That's just lack of of, of attention. Right. You know, every team now, is going to have a holding call because you're big one, guys and you're trying to, you know, one stop very other big positive guys. thing. Brick was the amount of third down conversions in that first quarter. You're right about especially that, especially on those first three drives. Um, Seven to fifteen to end the game, but that number really doesn't tell the story because I think I think Alabama went five for seven on third down conversions in the first half, which is amazing, uh, um, truly, because that's that's something that teams in the past, even the championship teams, have really struggled with is third down conversions. Well, and a lot of that is hurts. They have to respect his running, and he picked up at least three of them. Uh, you know, third and eight or longer, he picked up at least three of them. Uh, tucking the ball and running, um, right? And that that is that is a, something he adds to the offense. The teams are all trying to respect his run, to where he's got to you know there will be open guys, or if they don't respect his run, then he'll run for it. So yes, that was one of the very few bright spots, uh, especially in the first ten minutes of that, or sorry, twenty minutes of that first half. Right. Um, right. Defensively, there were. Um, two, I I don't want to say the defense played bad in the first half. There were two bad drives. The first one, Ole Miss kind of came out and punched us in the mouth and ran for a touchdown. Um, but that's what a good offense does with a good game plan. The other one, the one that bothered me more, was the long touchdown pass to Ingram that actually should have never happened because that was a terrible no. That was a terrible, sorry, call on the roughing the passer. Awful, awful. But I yeah. digress. And then yeah. the very next play, Harrison tries to come in and make a play on a run play, and Ingram's running down the. You know, he bites the play action. Right, but I mean, and that's and that stinks. Don't get me wrong, but plays like that are going to happen. You know, um, I felt like the defense was constantly playing from behind this game. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like they never really got back on their feet. Even the defensive stops kind of felt like, oh my gosh, we stopped them. You know, we've got to make we've got to make sure we take uh, we take advantage of this opportunity because we don't know if this defense is going to stop them again. 
And so I don't like feeling that way in football games. Um, no. so, so we fall it, behind. Uh, we fall behind seven to three, right? And then we fall right. behind ten three, seventeen three. Then Hertz gets absolutely destroyed because uh, I think it was Shank missed a block. Yes. He just completely whiffed on a dude, didn't turn his head fast enough, and he gets about as hard of a hit as I've seen on a quarterback in a very Let me long ask time. you since you were there, is that helmet to helmet? I didn't th- even I kinda thought about it, but I have s- seen a lot of people saying it should have been, and the replay actually shows yes, his helmet hit the quarter the, the crown his crown the crown of his helmet hit the, the, problem, the chin basically of in of my opinion the problem is not the fact that it was helmet to helmet. I know that sounds ridiculous, but just let me finish. It was the fact that the face mask was not up. Like you said, he led he led with the crown of his helmet. That's the part that bothered me the most. Now, do I really think it makes the play any different if he hits him in the chest? No, it's still a fumble recovery for a touchdown. But it was a little disheartening to see the roughing the passer call, you know, uh, a quarter earlier that was, you know, sort of ticky-tack, like that's football. And then you see that play, and there's no call. Yeah, and the, the, a lot of people were complaining about the officiating. It's kind of harder to tell when you're ground level, and the plays are so far away from you constantly. But this, I'm going to call this my moment of the game. So, so Hertz gets destroyed, and I wasn't even – I was so mad in that moment at the team. I at, think everyone was. I, I don't think it was a – I think everybody was frustrated. I was already trying to think of, you know, how – okay. I, I texted you, actually, right after it happened. I said, all right. Alabama has to score in their next two possessions or else this game's over. I don't care when they are. I don't care what type of scores they are. They've got to score on their next two possessions. Hey, and kudos to you for saying that. But So your offensive line just let down let down your quarterback in the worst possible way. I mean, you can't – Right. It, it, pride comes into, into consideration when that happens. And so just me seeing our freshman quarterback get absolutely – I mean, he, he could have been concussed. I could have sworn – that he wasn't coming back in for the next drive. I was like, Barnett's yeah, gonna I, I thought he in. was gonna at least sit out for a drive. I didn't think we were gonna see him until the second half. Even so I sent you, and I I'm usually don't do this. I'm usually level headed, but I sent you this text. I was so fed up. I said this team is dead. Um, there's there's no energy. Essentially, I was just mad because I was dead. It was hot. I was in the sun. I didn't have a water, and I was I was grouchy at the score. The team. So I have to apologize in in this moment to to my faith in the team because I was. I had was very close to giving up on that game. Um, I thought I'd just driven seven and a half hours for f- for a completely uninspired performance. Um, then, so you know, we got to get the ball back. We get the ball back, and I'm think I, I see Hertz come out there. I go, holy cow, he's coming back out up there after that. Three plays later, we score, and one of them was a long right. run from him. He, he completes a pass, has about a thirty something, forty something yard run, and then we score. And I right. was just like. It, in that moment, I would that that is that is a defining moment of Jalen Hurts for me. Yeah, right. Well, and I I think it's an uh, especially for him, but I think it's a defining moment for the entire team because I think the offensive line probably watched the replay of that play and thought, all right, that can't happen again, and nothing even close to that happened again. Um, so I I think that was very big, not only for uh, the momentum of the game, but for the rest of the season. You know, um, the fact that Hurts was able to get up and try and um, and continue on at all was impressive. And the fact that the very next play, his next play 
or his first play, excuse me, on the next drive as a quarterback draw for 10 yards. Um, so I was reading some of the stuff that the players had today after practice. A couple of them talked to the media. And I don't remember who it was, but someone asked, after Jalen took that hit, you know, how did he respond? And he went, I'd, I'd love to go look it up. But, but they said something along the lines of, he never got down. He looked at his offense. He said, hey, I got your back. You got my back. Let's keep rolling. Yeah. I, I love him. You know, that the poise, the maturity that that shows was just huge. So we score. Uh, next thing we know, we stop Ole Miss, three and out. And then Eddie Jackson returns a punt f- return for a touchdown, which I'll let you elaborate on my because boy. he's your boy. It's a and great just return. like that, we're down, we're down seven. It's a great return. I kind of want to break down the return, too. Because if you go back and watch it, he doesn't have a ton of running room. No, he you know all the all the great Cyrus Jones returns, and you know how much I love Cyrus Jones. Uh, all the great Cyrus Jones returns, you think back to Michigan State last year. I think Arkansas he had one last year. Um, he has a ton of running room. He's got a ton of speed when he hits sort of the first line of defenders. Eddie Jackson kind of had nowhere to go once he caught the ball. Um, made one good move, found a hole, made a couple more good moves, and then just left everybody. Um, and I think that's why everybody, when we saw on the broadcast, at least when you saw there were two flags on the field, I mean, what are the odds that both flags are on Ole Miss? You know, I, like, like that's what, that's what I was thinking. I was texting, uh, I was texting my dad, um, I, you know, we were all jumping up and down and excited and everything. And, uh, you know, then I just, I looked down at my phone. I was like, oh crap, that's horrible. That sucks. And then. Boom, boom, both flags are on Ole Miss. So that was huge. One thing that I do want to mention early, early, early in the game, maybe I think it was either the first or second drive, was the overthrow by Hurts and how important it was for him to come back and make a couple good passes on the next uh, the oh, next. The one in the end zone, right? Yes. Um, Man, that would have been great, too, because I was right. I mean, that, like, Hench just, just was basically when he slid trying to jump backwards from the he had He had a he rough came game. A, he, came about six, he came about six feet from me. Like, I was standing. It was like, oh, come on, you're right there. Hench just made a, a couple good tackles against Alabama players this week. Yeah, I, he, was I, a, I, he was in the way a lot. <laughs> he, was, he was a frustrating player to watch. Um, and I don't, I don't usually say that about tight ends, but he was – it was uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable uh, this weekend. So hopefully um, we he can sort We said it all year about out. our tight end last year. That was right. like a, that was like a weekly thing. <laughs> and then and then he OJ really Howard showed us. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh man, we were ruthless. But no. So anyway, back to Eddie Jackson's return. I think it was fantastic. Um, I think it's the exact sort of uh, momentum push that Alabama needed. Um, you we know, hadn't had a big going like that for sure. Going back to the uh, hockey analogies I've been making, you've got the guys that go out on the ice and they're the enforcers to try and get momentum. That was Eddie Jackson being an enforcer for this team. That was the big momentum change. Because then you go into halftime and you're thinking, I had just gotten done texting you, Alabama needs to score on their next two possessions, and then boom, boom, Alabama scores on their next two, not even possessions, the two next times they touch the ball. Yeah, four plays for them, essentially. Um, so so going great. into the second half, we were only down seven, and we actually had the momentum, which I did not see coming. Defense scores, uh, offense punts, defense immediately scores. And then this was kind of the change that I saw offensively. And let's go back to my chart. I charted the first half, and remember why I said 12 screens slash sweeps, 13 runs. So the second half, I did the same thing. And I didn't even actually, for the runs, I didn't even count the five runs they did to ice the clock. So this is before they ran the ball five times to ice the clock at the end of the game. 
they had 19 runs, one screener sweep, 19 to 1, not 12 to 13. And think about the way the offense flowed that second half compared to that first half. I mean, there was there was such a drastic change, in my opinion. You know, you can go into the third quarter if you want to. I kind of want to get to this fourth quarter, but there was one play in the third quarter that really sticks out in my mind, and it was Harris's long run. It was a 67-yard run. I thought he had scored. His knee was down. It was a good call. It was the right call. But the game is tied up. There's a minute and a half left. It's just a basic run up the middle. It's nothing fancy. It's a fake jet sweep, which I kind of hate. But then Harris just takes off and leaves everybody. Well, I like the fake jet sweep part because that's kind of what opened up the huge hole. Right. They all kind of sold out for the sweep. You think about all the great, like I've mentioned, the great Alabama offenses that I know and love that have powerful running backs, Henry, Richardson, Ingram, Lacey. What did all those teams have in common? It was just busting up the middle. Let your offensive line create a hole, exploit the hole. If you only get six yards, you only get six yards, but fall forward. And Harris was doing that all day. And then he's got the wherewithal to not only cover up the ball when he gets inside the 20, but then spins out of a tackle instead of just falling down and almost scores. To me, that's that's probably the play of the game uh, because that kind of set up, I mean, obviously the touchdown was what, two plays later, one play later? Um, yeah, put in Scarborough and he dove it in. Exactly. So I, I, think, I think that, for me at least, was probably the play of the game. Alabama gets the lead. It's 34-27 with about a minute left in the third quarter. That play, by the way, up on our website now. Um, yeah, definitely huge. Uh, now, like I said, I don't hate the screens and the sweeps on occasion. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I promise you I don't. Because I do know that there's a rhyme and reason for it. I know that it opens up other things. Like on that long run, they sold out to stop the jet sweep. I just don't think you have to get to that point in the second half by doing it ad nauseum in the first. I just don't think you have to do that that many right. times. Right. You can defend it and say, well, the running game was so good in the second half because they all were... That, you don't... I'm tired of us starting so slow. I'd rather have four quarters of good football, not a half of good offense because the first half our offense did so much that they sold out. No. You know, you know what I mean? So I hope right. we found somewhat of an identity there. Um, so we score... Payne scores, Scarborough scores, Harris scores, Allen scores on the interception return, and we're up 48-30. Right. Then, then, <laughs> then, as I so loquaciously put, all hell breaks loose. Yes. Well, it's, I mean, it's true. It's the, true. The, the fans start going, nah, 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 hey, 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 goodbye, which you know I hate. Um, and uh, the whole kind of, people start leaving the stadium, Ole Miss announces their attendance because they need moral victories in this moment. And then, all of a Patrick, sudden, Chad Patrick's Kelly says, "Texting this game's his friends over. to figure out where everybody's going to go eat after this game." <laughs> and Chad Kelly says, "No, this game's not over." Thirteen points in eight seconds. They score. We were in prevent, and they got the first touchdown. A lot how um, Deshaun Watson got the touchdown at the end of the title game. We were just in prevent defense. We just didn't want to bomb over our head, and so which it was like I a four-minute drive. And Let me ask you, which I, I couldn't remember this the other day. Which defense was it that could not, for the life of them, stop a deep ball? It was one of the championship teams. Do you remember which one it was? No, you're, you're thinking of 2014 where we lost to Ohio State. Landon Collins That's could not right. play a deep ball. You're right, you're right. That's what that felt like this year. Yeah. That's what that game felt like. It was, every single time there's a deep ball thrown one-on-one, we our weren't guys winning. Our were falling down. I mean, it wasn't we just that, but like our, our best corner, Marlon Humphrey, was 
on his butt in the end yeah. zone. Yeah. And A.J. Brown, the guy that chose Ole Miss over us on signing day, uh, nonetheless, um, is, is there standing and catching the ball super strong in the end. Yeah, I mean, here's my concern. I'll get into my concern for the minute because then – a huge thing and something that I know both of us loved is that, um, you know, we're up now it's only 48, 43. There's two something on the clock and we've got to run the clock out and we successfully do, which was just one was on the clock. Yeah. Very, you know, we get the amount of first downs we need to the point where we can get Jalen to kneel it. And that's huge. I can't remember the last time that Alabama's done that, that way, right. you know, we got to run three minutes out. And we're gonna do it right here, right now, and this game's over. Right. Um. So that's 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 the recap of the game. That's kind of how things happen. Do we want to talk about the Allen touchdown? I mean, it was it was a it was a Peisman moment. It, it is what it is. Uh, I I think it was I think it was a great heads up play. Uh, I really wish one of our guys would have turned around so he wouldn't have gotten tackled in the end zone. But uh, I I understand that's kind of a weird thing, especially I don't know how much you've worn a football helmet, but that's, it's kind of not something you think of to turn around and really look behind you. Um, especially when you have a, uh, 300 plus pound giant or whatever he is running in front of you with a football. And I can imagine it's the funniest thing you've seen all day in a game that has been literal hell. Um, by the way, uh, Patrick's nosebleed is starting to, uh, starting to bubble up at this point, uh, after the, uh, after the onside kick. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I thought I thought the touchdown was what it was. It was a great play. It was a great heads up play. I'm really glad he scored. It was it was hilarious to watch. Oh, it's gonna be on um, highlights forever. It's gonna be playing in Brian Denny for a long time. Absolutely. absolutely. All right. So our our players of the game, I put uh, Jalen Hurts on offense, and then I put a combination of Tim Williams and Ryan Anderson because I felt like those were the two guys that in that second half uh, were really really hitting uh, Kelly a lot. Uh, Williams was the guy that hit him to knock the ball lose for the interception and then Anderson had a couple interceptions too right I'll go uh since you did two defense one offense I'll do two offense one defense Jalen Hurts we've talked about Damian Harris like I said is really cementing himself as that number one guy Joshua Jacobs had a great game by the way I'm excited to see he and BJ Emmons progress um hopefully one of them can kind of separate themselves from the other one so we don't kind of go through what we're going through now uh I think Bo Scarborough did what he needed to do I don't think he played great, but I think he needed what he did. Need uh, he he did what oh, I'm he needed. To, I'm to about do. to get into both. Um, a little minute down and here. then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Jonathan Allen. Uh, not necessarily because of the numbers; he only had four tackles, but he was constantly getting pressure all day. He's, um, he's, he's a player like we haven't had since Marcel Darius for sure. I would I would rank him above. You're putting him I, above Darius. I think he's a better athlete. Yes, I think he's a better athlete. I think he's got better intangibles, and I think he's going to last longer in the NFL. Look at you putting one of our current guys over one of your nostalgia guys. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, 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 you're growing. You're growing. Um, well, so... it's, it's the defensive side of the ball. That's, that's fine. I'm not nostalgic about defense too much. <laughs> so not as far as the much. rest of the season's concerned, you know, we still got the next – I mean, our, the rest of our schedule, our toughest games are still on, all on the road. I mean, we still got to play at Tennessee, at a, no, A&M's at home. Sorry. A&M at home, but A&M gets a week off before they play Alabama. Who else do we have on the road? We've got uh, Auburn, Arkansas, at home, LSU, and Arkansas. A and M. Sorry, no, no, no. Sorry. Let me start over. Tennessee, Arkansas, and LSU all still on the road. Those are all really tough environments and hard places to win. I we've still think. I still think we just went through Tennessee, our toughest road game. At Arkansas, we've always struggled at Arkansas. I think we just went through our toughest road game. 
I think so too. But so so, how do you feel about the team for the rest of the, the season? You know, with with this performance in the rear view, how do you think that this performance will help us or well, hurt us? Well, that's that's what it has to be. It has to be in the rear view. If Alabama keeps looking back and saying, "Oh, well, that Ole Miss game, well, we really proved them in that Ole Miss game," and they get complacent, then there's no way they're going to win. Um, but if they use that as a tool to sort of get better and not if, but when that adversity hits again, you go into Knoxville, you're down 14, nothing. You're playing Texas A&M at home. You're down 10, nothing, you know, well, you'll, you, be, you you'll be happy a to pick hear six, something like that early. Um, I, you know, I, I think the team will really be able to sort of put that memory in their minds when it needs to be there, but that's where it's got to be. You'll be happy to hear I interviewed Jonathan Allen after the game, and he essentially said that. One of the things I asked was like, well, all right, well, what's next, you know, with this game in mind, what's next for you guys? He goes, oh, just get to back to work. We got another game Saturday. Yeah. So that's uh, that's good to hear. Um, I feel the same way, uh, just kind of, you know, it's a great road experience for the quarterback, and I think in this game. Great road game, experience for you too, my friend. Oh, it was great. I'll feel I'll feel a lot better next game I go to. I was just gonna be mad if we lost that first one I went to. Sure. Um, so, you know, I hope I'm hoping the offense founds my identity. I'll get into that. I wrote down some final thoughts, and I guess we can both kind of talk about them. Um, yeah, sure. You feel like the team kind of exercised some demons in this game? The Ole Miss demon, the big run game. I mean, demon. I I don't know. I don't know. I think it's hard to say that when the team won a national championship last year. That is kind of hard to say, but I mean, it's it, such a pest to us. I mean, really, they've been a pest. They've been the butt on our schedule. Sure, we won two SEC championships, but both years we lost to Ole Miss. Let me let me ask you something. Which team did this game mean more to the past three seasons? Oh yeah, I mean, I will agree with you. There were fans wearing buttons that said "Beat Alabama again." Yeah, and those I mean, were like really hanging their head after the game. But. I, I think I just I don't know. It's, it's my same. It's my same problem with Tennessee and Auburn. You know, Alabama lives to win national championships. Tennessee and Auburn live to beat Alabama. You're right about that. And um, I think that's not a champion's mentality. That's my problem with Ole Miss. They don't even know what it means to even consider winning a national championship. Either. No, I mean Auburn and Tennessee have both been there within the last fifty years. Actually, within the last thirty years, but. Um, yeah, Ole Miss doesn't even know what that feels like. Uh, another thought, Jalen Hurts, incredibly poisoned. Another thing I saw uh, on the sideline is that the team just loves him. Uh, when Harris had his long run and everybody came and congratulated him, the offensive line was patting him, then he immediately went and sought out Hurts to like give him a high five. And imagine he like thanked him for a good fake that opened up the sure. hole. Like, he sure. immediately went and said, i got to you know go interact with That's Hurts good. there. That's positive. Huge. I love yeah. I love that the team loves him. Um, minimal injuries. I know it looked like we had a lot, but today Saban said that really everybody should be fine. Even Stewart. Darius Stewart was carrying a battle axe. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, I did see that coming out of halftime. He was carrying it back it onto the field. Very, right? very odd. And I still don't have a reason to that. He uh, said that other he just needed to lead Ardarius, his troops. Say what now? His reasoning of just was, I needed to lead my troops back out onto the field. That doesn't make any sense with a battle axe. Doesn't matter. Still, He's going to it, war. It just, it just doesn't. I don't. I whatever. I, I mean, like to uh, imagine they were sitting around in the locker room, and um, and I'll say it was uh, Jalen Hurts, Damian Harris, and Ardarius Stewart, and Jalen Hurts says, "You can have my sword." 
Damien Harris says. <laughs> Stop it. Bow. Stop. And Stewart says, Stop it. Ax. Stop. I think it's a lot less than that. I think they got bored. <laughs> you know what kind of pisses me off, though? If I go to that game with a battle axe, I get arrested. Yeah. They check your bag and they go, what? No. You Sir? Have, you can't go to this game. Why do you have, have a 13-foot battle axe? Because I got to lead my soldiers back on the field. Yeah, no, I don't think that would go over too well with uh, with the good old folk at Bryant Denny or at Vert Stadium at High Point University. Uh, Kent State preview. Are you? Are, are, oh, okay. Hold yeah, on. It's, no, it's I'm not. There. I'm not. I'm not done with Ole Miss. No, we're not with done the Ole Miss game. I still got a lot of things I got to say. How about cut them down? No, hold on. Tim Williams, very awesome pregame speech where he was screaming at coming out of the tunnel. Do you not remember what happened last time we were here? Sure. Okay, another thing. What else? Defense and special teams will not always score 21 points. Right. We can't, uh, we can't Saban has 50 non-offensive touchdowns, by the way, since coming to Alabama. That's impressive. Sorry, go ahead. Wow, that's pretty – three – wait, 15? 50. 5 50. Zero. That's what I was going to say. 15 doesn't sound like 50 is a ton. Um, offense finding its identity in the second half. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, what was – We can talk about it now. It's because they started running the freaking ball. Oh, okay. No, this is what I wanted to go in on. <laughs> I feel sorry. I feel like my least favorite play of the game, other than Hertz getting destroyed, was in the end of the game. We were trying to run the cl- clock out, and Bo Scarborough fumbles it because he wasn't holding it with both hands going through yeah, a pile of. Yeah, that's eight. frustrating. You we're going. That's one of the subtle things that. Like I, think I said, I don't think there's about. any secret that Damian Harris cemented his job as a starting running back at no, Alabama. I'm going this farther. I'm saying Bo Scarborough. We're gonna really, really not be seeing him for a while. Nick Saban specifically brought it up today that he did not like the fact that Bo Scarborough fumbled the ball with a right. you know, minute and a half left on the clock, down up four. He said those I, are the kind of plays that lose you ball games. I'm I'm not sure. I won't go that far just yet. I, I think I, I still think we'll see him. Not as maybe I, I think I explained it to my dad that he's more and maybe to you too that he's more of a Lindale White now. Um, so not that we're not going to see him. We're just going to see him in very particular and specific moments in time. Well, they already don't trust him on passing downs for pass blocking, and if they can't trust him to take care of the ball in big spots, I just don't see him getting the ball in for, uh, the fourth quarter of a big game. I don't see him getting the ball. But, I, I break, think he gets break, half the touches he break. gets now. Hold on now. Alabama gets inside the five, and you've got Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough. Who are you giving the ball to? I don't think it matters. I mean, I'll give it to him there, but I I just – It's it's pure science. You give it, it to the like, bigger guy. It feels guy. like a doghouse moment. It feels like he's in the doghouse. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, I watched Eddie Lacy live do a somersault front flip and hurl the ball through the back of the end zone against San Jose State like he was a soccer player throwing an inbounds pass. Completely I mean, different situation. He chucked – sure, whatever. Okay, fine. How about this? TJ Yeldon, you've heard you, this statistic a hundred times. Are you ready for this again? TJ Yeldon, how many fumbles did he have that he lost inside the red zone alone? A hundred. Five. How many did Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, and Eddie Lacy have not just in the red zone at all that they lost? Like two or three. Three. That's three players who only give up three fumbles, and then one player who's given up freaking five. Whatever. Well, I don't... but yeah, okay. Also, Yeldon was our bona fide number one. Scarborough's already fighting for stuff. I just don't think it helped us standing when the other running backs were taking. No, the and ball. like I said, I agree with you. But I still us. think we're going to see him in very specific moments. Yeah, I agree with you there. He'll get it in the red zone, maybe. But I don't see him getting the ball between the twenties very often anymore. 
Anyway, we started running the ball. That's why the offense gelled, in my opinion. I think I it's that simple. Call me. I, we say I'm over, over, oversimplifying it or whatever you want to say. But we started running the ball, and that makes the offense gel. Um, all right, we'll move on to Kent State. Here very soon. Hold on, hold on, Scott hold on now. Kick. Yeah, what is going on there? Can we talk about that? The kid boots a 60-something yard punt and then kicks an 8-yard punt? I'm not concerned. The worst I'm not concerned. No, I'm, I'm asking what ha- – you were there. What happened? I was trying to, to – fi- I was hoping he'd punt it down and, you know, pin it so I'd have a shot of him doing that. But it just really just completely went off the side of his foot. I don't know if his lack of focus. There wasn't that much um, pressure on him when he did it. Alabama opens up with the biggest uh, point favorite that they've had in two seasons, a 43.5 point favorite over the Kent State Golden Flashes, who are 1-2. and two. Uh, Malik Mitchell, their quarterback, 37 completions on 62 attempts. Uh, that's a percentage of about 59.7. Five TDs, only one pick, so it takes pretty good care of the ball. Uh, the running back, uh, Justin Rankin, 38 carries for 178 yards. His longest this season is 23, and he has one touchdown. Ew. Uh, in case you're wondering, Kent State has two rushing touchdowns this season. Oof. Hey, that's two more than uh, USC th- has, I think. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, did you see the play hey, the other oh. day where USC put up eight players on the field to block an extra point? Oh, oof, dude. They ran eight players out there our win against them is looking less and less impressive by the week <laughs> luckily it doesn't matter if we win luckily out it doesn't, uh, doesn't matter but yes so what do you want to see from this game i mean obviously it's not this is a big game every every game is big you can't slip up and make the kent state game close you can't have any big injuries but what are you looking for specifically well the storylines are different than they were two weeks ago against our uh, you know, not really cupcake, but Western Kentucky. We're still figuring out who's going to play where, who our quarterback's going to be. That doesn't exist anymore. So what I want to see is that I want to see the team prove me right that the offense kind of had a growing up moment against Ole Miss, found their identity, found the right mix of of runs up the middle, passes downfield, and short passes to lure the defense in. Um like we had last year at the end of the year. If we can get to that happy middle, have an identity, know what we're doing for the first two quarters of the game, we might not have to rely on our defense so much in the second half of games anymore. I don't want them to revert back to the old habits that we saw in the first half of this game, first quarter of USC, and a lot of Western Kentucky, which is penalties, bad blocking, and very singular play calling, which I just talked about. I just want to see a full game. I just want to see us go out there, do our thing, um, and, 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 you know, get the, get Jalen hurt some reps and then get out of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm about the same with you. Um, uh, Kent state's, uh, rushing defense is decent. It's not great. Um, but, but it's decent. And I, I honestly, I just want to see a ground attack. I, I know I sound like a broken record. I know if it were up to me that we would run the wishbone from now on. Uh, because I love running the ball that much, and I still think it goes with the Lane Kiffin sort of spread it out offense. However, we don't live in 1977 or 71 anymore, and so we don't run the wishbone. Uh, so, regardless, I want to see us grounded out. I mean, really let the guys up front get some confidence. Um, I mean, Ole Miss's defensive line was sort of in the backfield for a large majority of that first half. 
last week. Uh, <laughs> Just ask Kurtz. So I would, yeah, exactly. So I would really like to see the offensive line get some confidence, start out with a, uh, just a few up-the-middle plays, maybe spread it out, maybe let Hurts run the option a little bit. Let's give the guys that we're playing next, let's give the Texas A&Ms, the Arkansas, the Tennessees, something to worry about. Just a new play, a new formation, something to worry about that when they look back at the Kent State game and they go, oh, God, I hope we don't see this formation because we have no idea what we're doing. Maybe we'll run it. Maybe we won't. Who knows? But just don't do the same thing that we've been doing the past few weeks. Stop throwing the ball so much. Run the freaking ball. Well, what I'm tired of saying is us run the ball and it goes for like a yard or no yard, no gain. And then they take that as, oh, okay, well, all right, we'll just throw screens instead because those get three whole yards. Yeah. You know? And then we're, yeah. you know, it's just... I do agree don't with you. Ab- don't I mean, abandon the run if it doesn't work the first play of the game. And, yeah, okay, so we, we, we can keep beating a dead horse there. Uh, that's what we want to see. We want to see a, we want to see the offensive line gel and open up some running lanes like they did in the second half. Right. What's your, a- what's your uh, score prediction? I, I'm going to go 37. Uh, I'm going to go 37-10. I'm going to go 37-10. Uh, I'm giving Kent State 10 because I think the twos are going to get in a little bit early for this game. Um, and hopefully uh, we can sort of see maybe a guy like Bo Scarborough kind of redeem himself, Patrick. Hey, I love that because I like Bo Scarborough. I don't hate the guy, even though it sounded like I did earlier. I'm just mad at him. He could have really lost us that game. I'll, Ole Miss I feel the same way about T.J. Yeldon. You feel the way about Bo Scarborough that I feel about T.J. Yeldon. You don't hate him, but he's definitely not your favorite. He's nice. He's in my doghouse right now. I'm going 45 to seven. I think we do. You know, I, I'm I'm buying what I just wanted to see from us. Gel, do your thing. Um, I'm not predicting we're going to cover 43 points because that's not Alabama style. But I do think that we're going to play well. Like I said, I think the backups should be in uh, at least second half, early second half. We should start seeing the backups come in. I still think they're going to try to get a lot of reps in for Jalen Hurts, but um, yeah. I'm expecting. At least six touchdowns from uh, uh, Cooper Bateman on Saturday. Oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. No. I was about to say, <laughs> uh, maybe we should have called and talked about that before the podcast. Uh, no, I, I think I'm not sure we'll see Cooper Bateman very much. Nah, I think we'll see a, a large dose of Blake Barnett, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'd like um, to see him play a little bit. You know, there's. Uh, I, yeah, that's another thing that really made me mad. On I think set. Oregon Some, wants to see a little bit. Of somebody him. I think tweeted. Oregon's interested in that. I, I can't. I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted uh, that they should sit Jalen Hurts in favor for Blake Barnett the other day after we got down by three scores, and it, it really, it really got under my skin. Uh, sorry, I just yeah, wanted nothing, to mention that. Nothing so far this year has been his fault. He's had no. a couple, like, errant throws. Well, yeah, the, I mean, he none was None of the little, overarching offensive woes have been Jalen He was, he was a little that. inconsistent, though, in the first half. He had some bad overthrows. He had two really bad underthrows. But still, nothing to bench him, you know? No, absolutely not. Um, I think that right. does it. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think, you know, this has been a good episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for us on social media, we are on Twitter at PI underscore podcast. We're on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S, Interference. Uh, You can go to patsinterference.com. Looks brand new because of the new Alabama highlights. Patrick, thank you for getting those. It would only let Uh, me put 25 seconds, though. I had like a minute 40 of stuff I wanted to loop. You know, I think that's okay. You need to cut this down. I think that's okay. Uh, I I like the enthusiasm, but 
you know, people watched it. They, they know what happened. Um, but thank you for doing that. I, again, thank you, everyone. Oh, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, I think, is the other one. Right, Patrick? If you, uh, if you fold up a message and throw it and put it in a bottle and throw it in the ocean... And go back to the shore a couple weeks later. A new episode of Pat's Interference will be in the same bottle. You can attach a letter to an owl like Hedwig. On the, on the beach. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter in the same episode. You know, the podcast really writes itself. We, we really don't have to do much. This really just writes itself. Roll Tide, everybody. Thanks for listening.